Welcome to the Long Suffering Buds podcast with your hosts, Tom Gibson and Adam Knott. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode eight of the Long Suffering Buds podcast. We're back from hiatus. Yeah, call off the search party. Here we are. <laughs> We're back. Back from the dead. Yeah, I got, I got, uh, I heard it from quite a few people. Did you? Yeah, I didn't expect it, but I actually felt good. I was like, wow, people noticed. Yeah, uh, the only one who noticed in my life was my wife, and she's very in favor of it. Right, yeah, of course. <laughs> More FaceTime. Yeah, I think that's what she's after, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, it was good, good to get a break. We needed to uh, refresh the batteries and uh, get recharged. Probably not a great, great time in the season, but... Uh, it gives us more to talk about now. But you know what? I felt like it was almost a better time because of, you know, the pundits were in full force once the Leafs, uh, you know, once they're as close as they are now. Uh, I don't know. Anybody who's looking for a fix wouldn't have to look too hard to find it. Yeah, and it was, uh, yeah, give us an opportunity to take a step back and uh, big picture. And, yeah, things are looking good, to be honest with you. As we speak, uh, real time, we're watching the Buffalo game, and they're up 3-1 in the second, so... Yeah, things are ticking along, and and to be honest with you, I think the last time I checked, it was two one Detroit. So, when when you look at all these all the factors that you know are going to go into you know, I can say now probably not just if they make the playoffs, but when, but it also where they're going to you know slide in in the playoffs and who they're going to match up with in the first round. Possible possibility for a uh, home ice advantage already, or still I should say. It's it's one of those weird things to me that we've seen it all year about how quickly we get used to. Well, now they're good. Now my expectation is that they win every night. But not only that, how quickly I went from being worried about the Leafs making it, will they make it, to now my, I don't know, my bigger soap opera piece is, can Ottawa hold on? Yeah. I I feel really bad for their fan base, but they must be just trembling right now. Yeah, they've had a rough go, actually. Uh, I don't know who saw that coming. I don't know if you can directly tie it to those injuries they've been suffering on on the D-line. But, uh, yeah, they're... uh, they look like they're in trouble because this is the worst time. They're going to make the playoffs, I think. I like. I'm almost sure of it. But again, they're going to have to at least win a game or two. But um, this is not the time of year that you want to start struggling. And it looks like this is probably the worst they've been playing all year. Unfortunately for them, and relative to the rest of the teams in the Atlantic, are still competing for that uh, last wild card spot. They're in trouble with with how Tampa's been playing and Boston, and and obviously the Leafs as well. Yeah, it's going to go right down to the end. It's going to be one of those. I, I honestly think two games left. We're not going to. We're still not going to have um the final uh, positioning sorted out i don't think until probably the very last game so unlike the west which you know with all this parody is dead set unbelievable before yeah. the end it's pretty pretty interesting yeah who would have saw that coming honestly i could see people not being surprised at uh, teams like um uh los angeles taking a step back but uh yeah uh calgary really had a roller coaster of a season they just seemed like they they started out great they had that they hit that wall in the middle of the winter, I want to say late December, early January, and then ever since then they've just been, if I'm not mistaken, one of the hottest teams in the league. So. Just, just clicking. Yeah. And again, we talked about it with with Mike Stone, but I have to give some credit. Their back end is has stabilized immensely, yeah, and that, that has really helped the rest of the team uh, once that happened. Yeah, and they don't have they're one of those teams. They don't have a sexy back end, but they like really every every person on that back end is a is somebody to that can get the job done. Some like I I would easily trade our defense for their defense any day of the week, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think that brings us to the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> have we gone across <laughs> the entire? No, Montreal, we haven't. No, done. I was just, yeah, it felt like taking a shot yeah. at the Canucks fans there. Oh, yeah. Because okay. nobody cares about you right now, guys. <laughs> Sorry. And I'm sure that you feel the same way. No, you know what? They did, we, they, Vancouver is the new Toronto, I think. Except for the fact that we didn't have a good cup run. But they, 
in, in, in the sense that they felt like they had a better team than they really did for way too long and reality is smacking them in the face right now. I think uh, the only thing for them is that I hope and I think they're going to get out of it is they're probably going to get a, a quicker turnaround out of it. I hope so. But you have to look at the Leafs and say it's not just the man in charge or the general manager that call. You need to have buy-in from the top down if you're doing a rebuild like the Leafs have done everybody has to be on board with what you're doing from from the top right down to the coach and assistant coaches and so on I agree I don't think they're doing that yet I wouldn't say that they would even agree with that but I'm just saying that I think the Leafs have paid the price and shown other teams that the pain is not worth it and you have to tear it down earlier because the sooner you do it the sooner you're on your way back up uh just heads up real-time notice yeah it is two yeah two on Detroit yeah so it's looking good man I'm I'm pretty pretty happy about this, but it, it seems to me that Boston is the the bigger concern for right now, anyway. But you know, I I would I would agree with you, but they are not um, invincible right now. They've been playing some damn good hockey, but the Leafs are right there with them, as far as I'm concerned. You're right, and it's again having this confidence. How great is that? It's right? unbelievable. And you know what? I was going to say. I noticed the difference in the feeling of you know. Usually, I have the feeling that um, Tampa Bay Lightning fans have right about now, where it's like mathematically we're not eliminated but my god the stars have to align you know what i mean like they they have a chance but i mean i think they're going to be the ones that i think chew the ninth place or i should say just miss the playoffs yeah how used to that were we i can remember um multiple years with the leafs playoff run i'm doing air quotes to the listeners right now where i would have the standings up on my chalkboard in the class and keep changing it day after day um (laughs) watching the leafs sit in 10th place or 9th place or 11th place and all my students and how pathetic right it is really in hindsight all my students would tell me how terrible they you know the usual line they get from their parents the Leafs have losing forever they're big losers and then they'd always end up being right and now i I don't have it on the board and i feel like i should get it up there and what i like to say is that you know i've been saying it for a while now is that what's nice about being a hockey fan not just a leaf fan but specifically a hockey fan knowing the game watching you know following the nhl they're they're finally the real deal and everybody and if you know what if they if they get swept in the first round people will naysayers who really don't get it uh will you know brush it off as as oh they made the playoffs this year but they'll be out next year and they won't see it for what it is but it's nice being able to look at the situation and know that it's only going to get better from here all right this week uh we're gonna mix it up a little bit we're gonna try to keep it a shorter show um we're gonna go straight to um a conversation with jury and murray uh we're gonna have them on at the same time uh we got a lot of things we can uh, pick up on this week we just got the news that the nhl isn't going to the olympics so uh we're gonna touch on that with them obviously a lot to get into with the leafs as they prepare to go for a stretch run and uh, we'll get into some other stuff around the league so we'll uh catch up with jury murray uh next it's buds buzz in-depth leafs talk on the lsb podcast Okay, uh, LSB podcast first here. We have Murray and Jury on the line. Uh, how you doing, Murray? I'm good, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're good. And jockeying for position, we got Jury. Jury, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, guys. All right, great. Okay, guys, we got a lot to get into, and we're going to try to keep it a short show this week. So, um, obviously, we're going to try to keep it uh, uh, relative uh, to uh, trendy topics. So, the latest one that came down today is obviously the Olympics. It's not directly leaf oriented but it's the hot button issue right now um murray let's start with you um what did you think when you heard today was it was a surprise from you to find out that the nhl ultimately decided against going and do you think that's a a good idea um for the fans business wise uh what's your take on it 
To be absolute honest, I've had a crazy day, and I didn't even know that that came down today. So, oh, boom! Um, Look at that, hot off the presses. Hot off the press. Are you guys insiders? That's it. Um, so NHL agreed, or NHL announced they're not going. Um, I'm kind of not surprised because uh, Renee Fassell and Batman they always seem to butt heads about different things, and uh, it seemed to be a bit of a money thing between them, and also being the time of the games like when the olympics were in uh torino like nobody really watched it and it just kind of happened and canada didn't do well and like there was nothing really about it and uh so when the games are in the middle of the night here um you know i i can kind of get why batman doesn't want to shut his league down for a couple weeks it's um when you think about it from the owner's perspective and we we talked about this what the last podcast i guess been a couple of weeks but we talked about it i can understand it but there's so much of me that just keeps empathizing with the players and thinking like, you know, if you, you want to be the best of the best, you want to go. And I'm curious as to what's going to happen from here, but uh, why don't we ask Jerry first before we get into the, to the nitty gritty, what, what are your thoughts on this Jerry? I was surprised when I heard it, but I also wonder if this is the last that we hear of it too. Like, and to be perfectly honest, I don't follow it all that closely because I don't really care all that much. Uh, particularly with the Leafs doing so well, I'd rather see them play for two weeks than watch Olympics nowadays. But, but I wonder if if it's gonna something where conversations pop back up again. And the the one thing that does surprise me is obviously the NHL wants to be there in what is it 2022? Yeah, that's and, right, in Beijing. Yeah, yeah. So like, is that something that could play a part in them perhaps going in 2018? But I was surprised to hear it, but I don't think that it's the last that we'll hear of their participation in the next Olympics. Well, I think it's a good point, and that's actually something that I thought of, uh, Jerry. It's funny that you mentioned that, because I thought to myself, as, as official as the statement that they released seemed to be, I wouldn't put it past Gary Bettman to say, well, you know, things can always change. So, if, of course, if somebody comes to him with a, a deal that is ultimately better for them to go than not to go, then, of course, they'll. I'm, I'm sure they'll pull a 180. I'm to be honest with you. Ultimately, I'm surprised because they seem to. Uh, the other thing you said, Jerry, just touching on the the twenty uh, twenty two Olympics. It seems like China is where all professional sports are trying to migrate to as the next big untapped market. And if you're going to do that as the NHL, it's hard for me to sort of burn your bridges now with the IOC and um, with. I don't think the there's. I don't think the IHF is um, upset with them, but as much as the IOC, but. The other thing I wanted to comment on quickly, not was you were saying that you you were uh, you felt bad for the players, and as much as I do, I think for me it's about that you know the people in that part of the world getting the rare opportunity to see the the best players in the world at that sport. I feel I feel like the the fans of the game wherever they are, not just NHL fans that want to see Olympic or NHL stars in the Olympics, but fans everywhere, fans of the game. I think it's I think it does a disservice because it is the true best on best tournament in the world, regardless of what the NHL wants to try to put together in terms of the gimmicky uh, World Cup. It is, the, it, right now, it is the pinnacle. It's the best on best in the world, and I think you're depriving the fans of that, and that's, that's what pisses me off about it. Does anybody else have any take on this, or you want to move along here? I do. Yeah. I just wanted to jump in. Maybe I can throw this to Jerry and Murray, too. Whoever wants to jump in. The One of the things I thought of, because um, I, I don't really feel I have a horse in the race. I really don't care when I ask myself, ultimately. Uh, I do kind of feel bad for the players. Another thing I started thinking about, though, was, 
maybe it's actually better overall for the Olympics for them not to be there. You do hear that old man kind of argument. It used to be amateurs. It should be amateurs. And I used to kind of roll my eyes at that. But when you think about what it can do for those other countries, right? Um, when you see how much most of these, you know, top teams dominate, it gives an opportunity to teams like Kazakhstan and Latvia and, and Slovakia and so on to make strides for themselves, doesn't it? Um, any thoughts on that, gents? I don't think so because the Canada's third, fourth tier players are still better than those other countries. I would think. Like that's what I, I, I was thinking when I heard it that this might even give Canada more of an advantage. Like, what are the states going to put out there for their team? Like, they, they should be the, the country that's most upset because they probably have their most talented roster in decades with all the young guys that they got. Yeah, that's a fair point. Actually, I did, I had thought of that jury in terms of depth. Uh, obviously, that's going to be a strength for uh, Canada. Um, Murray, this you said it was fresh. Did you? Do you? Do you have any more takes on this? I, I, but from my my point of view, I simply think that uh, the NHL missed missed an opportunity. I think that's the best way for me to describe it. I, I don't think it's the end of the world, but I think it's uh, ultimately. I think it's um, Gary Bettman didn't get coddled, and I think that's that's my take on what what happened. But do you have any other more uh, any anything else on that, Murray? You want to move along here? Uh, my take on it is the Bettman set up the World Cup of Hockey and resurrected that this year. And I'm wondering if his ultimate goal is that he controls the best on best tournament that happens. If he um, if they don't go to the Olympics the next best thing for best on best is that world cup that they set up this year and, uh, you know, get rid of the gimmicky North American team and let the, the, you know, Canada have their, their true best. And, you know, the, the Europe team kind of actually is was kind of interesting in a sense, because Kazakhstan, to be honest, has no chance, not as much as you love uh, Antropov and all those guys, <laughs> but um, they, they realistically have no chance. And uh, if you take away their, single best player they definitely had no chance so um you know that gimmicky team for team europe was kind of interesting and you know the Ryder cup in golf is always interesting when you know europe comes together and tries to beat the u.s but um i i just think Bettman, you know he pulled out and knew in his back pocket he's got the world cup of hockey so i think it'd be interesting to see what they try to do with the world cup of hockey um how often they try to have it and uh how often they try to hype it up and and see what happens with that it's an interesting thought actually i hadn't really thought um about the world cup angle but it does fit bettman's mo to a certain extent because a lot of people would be arguing not going is is crazy your whole thing is spread the game spread the game and you're in south korea like i don't know if you've looked at a a map recently but it's not exactly far from china if you're looking to spread um so that does make a little bit of sense to help justify it uh, just for the record, before we jump to the next topic, I didn't mean Kazakhstan was going to win. I did mean <laughs> if you're looking to spread the game and make those uh, countries stronger, having them do well at events like the Olympics is obviously going to do that, right? Just like it would any sport that, say, Canada does well in that you weren't expecting them to. And I just want to add quickly before we move on here that I, I don't know if this is true. So I'll, that's my disclaimer is that I this is, if anything, hearsay. But my understanding is that the IOC said to the NHL, if you don't come in 2018, don't bother coming in 2022. 
And that is what triggered Bettman to say, basically, nobody pushes me around and, uh, you know, who's got a bigger dick and it's a pissing contest. So, I mean, that, that's the part that, that, you know, I would believe because Gary Bettman seems like that kind of guy. But again, that is hearsay. I don't know that if that's for sure. Um, moving along. Um, okay, let's stick with, uh, or not let's stick with, let's get to the Leafs, actually. Of all the things that we wrote down here for our talking points, my favorite one, not that you wrote there, is, uh, and we're, let's throw this right away to uh, Murray and Jerry. We'll start with Jerry. Um, heart candidate. Now, I don't think that either, anybody on the Leafs is going to win the heart, but I think that, you know, people recently have been making the case for Matthews. Heart, heart to the team is what I was okay, that's, and that's a, go and, ahead. And that's a fair point. Because that's Connor McDavid's, right? Are we all agreed on that? I, I think yeah. there's only, there's only, <laughs> the only other person that would, it would, would wedge his way into the conversation would be Crosby out of, out of just, out of seniority. You're right. But, Respect. But, right. But the, but I think that you're right. It's, it's probably a shoe in But that being said, you know, there are a handful of players around the league that at least deserve to be in the conversation in terms of doing due, due diligence. And I honestly think, without trying to sound like too much of a homer, that Matthews could legitimately be at least in the top 10 of the conversation. Not not that he would be a finalist. That being said, a lot of observers would say that Anderson has been more valuable to the team than Matthews. So with all that said, gentlemen, uh, I posed you the question, uh, for a heart candidate, who would be a more appropriate candidate, whether you want to say representing only the Leafs or even if it were the league, which is a little bit more unrealistic, but who is your MVP for argument's sake, for the Leafs, between those two, let's just keep it between those two, and without going off script, um, Jerry, let's start with you. Um, I think I think we talked about this earlier on in the the podcast series, and I'd love to remember what I said then. But it's such a tough call, I think, between those two guys. And I think with with Anderson, without him, if you were to lose him, the drop off is so significant in terms of of who would be in net and. Even the games, like even against Detroit, when he gives up four goals, but he played an amazing game. He had a ton of saves, and you know it's just the nature of the Leafs play in their defense that they give up a lot of high quality scoring chances. And Anderson is forced to make big saves, and even in the games where he does let in three, four, five goals, he still has a highlight reel of saves. And at the same time, you know to look at what Matthews has done, particularly over the last couple of weeks. It's his, I never knew he had such a great shot. Like I, I did not know Matthews was ever going to score 40 goals in the league, never mind potentially his rookie year. I didn't realize the shot was so good. I, th- I thought he was more of a playmaker. So I'm not really answering the question here because I honestly don't, don't know who's more significant or important to the team. Uh, I do think that to kind of revert to the MVP of the league talk that Matthew's obviously even going to win the heart, but I legitimately think that he's at least in the conversation this year, particularly if the Leafs make the playoffs. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I That's that's my take on it. I think a lot of people, notwithstanding the 13-game goal drought from um, Matthews, I think people forget about the fact that, you know, Anderson did sort of struggle to find his game, and he didn't just walk into the crease and start stopping pucks and, and uh, you know he's been he's had an up and down season, and for the most part, it's been better than worse. Um, Murray, from afar, what do you see? What's your take um, from a person not living in the GTA? Who do you think's getting it done on this team? Um, who's who's your MVP for the team? Just between those two guys, Matthews. <laughs> that was that was quick. Like, 
Anderson is phenomenal, and I agree with everything Jerry said. If you lose Anderson, um, heaven help you in the playoffs. You lose Matthews, heaven help you in the playoffs. But like Matthews just seems to be the guy keeping the team going. Uh, Forty goals, you know they need a big goal. He seems to be the guy that scores it. Um, you know the the outdoor game overtime, who scores the winner? Matthews. Like that's not a a game that you have to win by any means, but that's a game that brings your team together. Um, some of the like intangibles per se, I guess, of scoring big goals goes a long way to to unite the room. And I don't know, everybody seems to be pulling and and falling in line behind him. And uh, yeah, you'll you'll never win a game without scoring, but you'll also never win a game if you let in twenty. So it's hard to say. But for me, it's Matthews hands down, and and Anderson has been phenomenal though. I want to thank Jerry for, you know, this this question that I threw out thinking it would cause a lot of debate since three of us are going to conclude Austin Matthews. Uh, uh, at least Jerry gave us some food for thought on Anderson. So thanks for that, Jerry. <laughs> because I, I have to go with uh, with Matthews as well, especially with his play of late. He's emerged as the clear, you know, somebody smoking crack or living in Winnipeg if they're going to vote for anybody other than Matthews for the call. What's your, what's your percentages that he went to call? I want to go around the table here because I, I still think there's going to be holdouts, but what do you, what percentages that he wins a call to right now? There's always going to be. I that. know. So what's your percentages? What what it should be or what yep, I think? What it, sh- what it should be. What it should be. Yeah. It should be 100% for Matthews, shouldn't it? Okay. Now what other than Matt Murray. To me, Matt Murray is the only other one that you can throw into that equation legitimately and have a real conversation with, I, I think. I mean, Wierenski maybe but not relative to what matthews has done he's down the line guys let's go to you guys um jury um what's your take matthews calder yeah 100 (laughs) percent. okay should would like do you you think there's a chance somebody else will win it and if so who no 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 chance he's run away with it the last last two three weeks he has run away with it i don't disagree sorry sorry go ahead marie do you think um, it's, like, unanimous? Like, you know how they put out how many first-place votes and second-place votes they got? Like, percentage of first-place votes, how many percentage of first-place votes do you think Matthews gets? Uh, well, obviously, there's going to be, like, you know, the Columbus beat writers or whomever and Winnipeg guys will give their their boys their votes. But I just think league-wide that Matthews... And, and, and I think, you know... Three months ago, it was it was Line, and but he's kind of. Well, I haven't even heard his name for a couple of weeks. It seems. Yeah, he's fizzled. He's yeah, of, for sure. He's fallen off a bit, and you know what? The the, the player I do feel bad for is Wierenski because, like, I think any other year, and obviously you can say this about a lot of guys, but particularly him, for a defenseman to do what he's doing as a rookie, and he's just kind of fallen off the wayside just because of what Matthews and other guys have been doing. You know what, on that note, just unprecedented. I don't mean to just completely change the topic, but it's something we spoke about on the weekend, uh, Tom and Jerry and I anyway, but this is insane, right? Like this is completely unprecedented. I heard today that the only two Leafs rookie records that haven't been hit this year are plus minus and penalty minutes, which are two stats I don't give a flying fuck about. <laughs> yeah. So all the like that's amazing, right? When you think about that just from the Leafs perspective, let alone the rest of the league and how many good, like contributing rookies that are that are legit 
you know, bonafide stars on their teams already. It's it's insane to see what's happening to the league, right? That's actually where I was going next. Not I can't. I guess you're reading my mind, but uh, I heard I heard a fact today or a stat that I thought was it's a little bit obscure, but I mean it's it's incredibly impressive. And I'll throw it to you guys, uh, Jerry and Murray, to get your take on the rookies. So as much as we've talked about the rookies this year, the big three, there's still the issue of Connor Brown, who. Um, if he gets to 20, which it looks like he's going to, I think he's stuck on 19, if I'm not mistaken. And if that, if he gets to 20, argue, you know, even if he doesn't, he's got 19. So let's just call it what it is. It says, let's say there's four guys at 20. The, uh, what, so the stat I heard was that there's one player in Washington, Washington Capitals history to get 20 goals or more in the rookie season, and that's Alexander Ovechkin. Now, the only reason that's, you know, you're comparing apples to oranges with the two teams, but that's a pretty storied franchise at this point. So for you to say that that there's any franchise, to be honest with you, that has a record or, you know, a withstanding, you know, um, stat that says that there's only one player in this franchise history to ever get 20 goals in the rookie, rookie season, and it was the likes of Alexander Ovechkin, and now this team has four? I mean, it really is. I mean, I hate to sound like a homer and build it up, but I think we are witnessing literally something that's not just unprecedented on the team, but possibly in the league. Um, open forum for you guys. Um, just again, what we've been talking about all year: um, the rookies. What do you guys? What do you guys think about the rookies? What's your take on it? Your perspective? Where did Connor Brown come from? Like, how, where did he come from to fit into this team the way he is? And and how did they get him? I'm just looking here. They drafted him. Yeah, it's funny because Knott's doing the same thing. Yeah, No, and I knew that, but what I was going to say is one of the interesting things, I think we've made this point on this show before. Now, again, I don't know if this is exactly accurate, but if it's not perfectly accurate, it's close. Connor Brown led the OHL in scoring in a year where he shared a line with Connor McDavid. That's when McDavid broke his hand, right? Right, but uh, is that that the same season? he had 128 points in 68 games played in 13-14 for Erie. Right. I mean, that's I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's a lot of points. We were talking about earlier in the podcast how he, we were talking about him weeks ago, that he's also had the great advantage of playing with some pretty solid players. Now, obviously, you have to be good to do what he's doing, but he's he's been pretty lucky to play with McDavid and Junior and then spend some time with Matthews this year as well. I think we've talked about uh, Chris Kunitz sort of the same way, just riding shotgun to Crosby for a few years yeah. there and made Team Canada. Like, Chris Kunitz. Like, who the hell is he, in a sense? But I don't I don't mean to completely change the topic from Connor Brown, but another rookie that maybe is a little bit more polarizing is, is Zach Hyman. And uh, you bringing up Kunitz is interesting to me because I've often heard the Hyman thing is is justifiable in the sense of Crosby seems to have always done better having some kind of Hyman-like uh, hard worker on his line, somebody like a Kunitz. Um, just curious from the Matthews perspective, because there's been a lot of chatter about, you know, where would Matthews, Matthews going to score 40 goals playing with Zach Hyman? Where would he have been if he was playing, you know, with, with far better wingers all year? Is there an argument to be made for this Hyman connection? I heard something that it, it's insane. Like a huge was it you, Jury, that mentioned this to me that there was a massive difference in um, in the amount of time they've spent together relative to anyone else in the league? Or was that you, Tom? Sorry, I, I, I want to jump in because if it, even if it was Jury, I, I I've I heard it from um, what's his name uh, O'Sullivan on TSN. He said the percentages were this, if I'm not mistaken. Hyman and Matthews have played together for ninety percent of their shifts this year. That is by far more than any two people in the league the next highest pairing is panarin and kane at 65 percent 
So, I mean, it's, it's literally not even close. And, of course, I guess I would imagine if you looked at the third and fourth and fifth, it would be 65%, 64%, 63%. So it's, it's obscure. Um, again, we've talked about the idea, the concept of a worker beyond that line. But the other point that's been made is not only would he get more goals with a better winger, how about more assists? You know, he, he might be primed for, uh, you know, a 100-point season uh, under the right circumstances or probably not even far-fetched. And as I say that, uh, not f- pumps his fist at yet another Detroit goal. So it looks like the lowly Senators are sinking even. Oh, and almost a goal by. Mar- I'm sorry, I gotta, I gotta stop watching the game here. I'm, uh, I'm live now watching the Leafs power play. Back to the top of the game. Few fist pumps for that Detroit goal going on. Ah, there, there it is. is. There it is. Yes. Nazim. Hey, hey. Oh, oh, and some rough stuff. Yeah, he called. He called him a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, that's that's that oh. one. <laughs> is, that, is that your Budweiser light, Jerry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little delayed tonight. Jerry, we better get some. Uh, are you getting funding from Budweiser for that advertisement you just pulled for them there, or what? I'll accept the case. <laughs> the corporate dollars rolling in. <laughs> I wanted to uh, ask you guys about uh, the new contract for our boy Zaitsev. It's been in the news uh, the last little bit, and I've heard some conflicting opinions on what to do here. Um, I'm going to hold back on, on what I think just so I don't steal all, uh, all of your thunder. Um, why don't we toss her to jury first this time and, and say, uh, what are your thoughts on the Zaitsev contract? Is it, is it confirmed? Have they released this exactly? It speculated, no. I don't, I don't believe it's finalized, but if, uh. let's assume it's, uh, if, if what we hear is accurate, it's a seven-year deal at, at a cap hit of 4.5, as you know. It's being speculated yeah. by Bobby Mack, so... Right, I think it's pretty solid, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like I like Zaitsev a lot. The seven years is always, you know, kind of iffy for me. Long, any long-term deal, like you rarely see long-term deals that that turn out well come the end of the contract. But at only four and a half, uh, the one thing that I, I really like Zaitsev, and you can see it in what's going on here, but he's chippy. I didn't realize until. It was actually the game that I was at in Tampa that he's not afraid to get his nose dirty and hack away at guys, and he's right in the middle of the stuff against Buffalo. And it's it's nice to see because we don't have too many guys like that. Like Gardner's usually skating in the opposite direction for many scrums, but Zaitsev seems to invite that stuff. And maybe, you know, he's still learning the trade at the NHL level. And I like it. The seven years, a little hesitant on, but I. I'll be glad to have him on the team for the next few, at least, anyways. Yeah, you know, the way I looked at that uh, deal was that um, it, it's it's a bit of a roll of the dice, but I think I think you can justify it by saying that if you if you strike if you strike with this one, if you catch lightning in a bottle, that's just yet another good contract. And if you don't catch lightning in a bottle, I think you have a contract that is probably less than desirable. But at the end of the day, it really, it's it's not a complete handcuffer. You know what I mean? It's it's you've got a serviceable player at a cap hit that's not absolutely ridiculous. The term is obviously the kicker there, but I think the trade off for that is if you're the team and it does pan out, you know you've got a you've got a a very you know, reasonably good, serviceable player at a very reasonable cap hit. And I think that's the roll of the dice. I don't know if that's what they were thinking. Murray, what's your take on that? I know you probably didn't get much play down there in the Valley, but um, what's your take on uh, Zaitsev on a seven-year deal? Uh, I haven't seen him too much this year, to be honest, from my general managing, fantasy general managing. <laughs> I've been um, keenly watching him, and uh, somebody picked him up recently, which was a little disappointing. But 
his numbers are good. Like sometimes like players that you don't see very often around the league, you kind of see them in fantasy and you're like, Oh man, he's playing. He's chewing up a ton of minutes. He's getting points here and there. Plus minuses. Well, his isn't very good, but um, <laughs> getting shots and that. So I don't know. To be honest, I haven't seen too much of them. Seven years is a little scary, but for a guy who's his first year in the league to uh, cash in on the seven year deal, if that's what they're talking about, whatever number they're putting in front of him, he's going to sign it because he's sitting there like, holy shit, seven years guaranteed money. I'm in no matter what. So, And he apparently loves Toronto, loves being here and, and wants to commit. He seems to be more concerned about term than he is about money. Um, and from what I hear about him and, and even seeing interviews with him throughout the year, um, he seems to just be like a pig in shit here. He's just loving it. Um, he came from the old country, dude. Yeah, man. yeah, it's understandable. Lock yeah. and key, ball and chain. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing with Zaitsev to me that, that makes it interesting, it's obviously just a cost to do in business. Toronto, like to Jury's point, yeah, long contracts don't tend to work out, but I feel like a lot of teams have come to the conclusion long before I ever figured out that it's a cost to do in business. You might need to buy him out later. You might It might not be your friend in year five, six, and seven, but if you're making cup runs for the first few or, or making the playoffs and making oodles of money, it's it's worth it's worth it. Um, for Zaitsev, the interesting thing for me um, is that he just stepped, like the Leafs just caught lightning in a bottle, right? Nobody knew who the fuck this guy was. And if anybody's talking like they were, they were eyeing Zaitsev prior to this year, other than real scouts in the NHL or real scouts for the Leafs, you're just talking shit. Like you weren't telling the Leafs to go grab Zaitsev. He was a nobody to the rest of us. And he just steps into a role in, in really, to me, the most consistent defenseman the Leafs have had all year. And th- that's amazing, right? For, for anybody to complain about it, yes, the term is not great, but to complain about signing a player like that, when the biggest issue the Leafs still have now is defense, you caught lightning, you got him for nothing. And you're going to then chirp that he's maybe making a little bit too much or getting a little bit longer of a term. It's mind-boggling to me how quickly Leafs fans are able to, like, forget where we were a year ago or two years ago. Do you know what? You would have taken Zaitsev in a heartbeat a couple seasons ago. So it's bizarre how quickly we sort of, uh, you know, start being choosy. It's all relative, right? I think you get get a couple of really good players on some really good contracts, and all of a sudden you start looking at a a contract. If that contract with Zaitsev goes through, I think that's, at this point, it can only be considered what would be like a fair market deal. It's not even like a deal on either side. Uh, Let's move along here because we want to... uh, we want to keep things uh, quick. Um, can you... I make can, can I make one point on Zaitsev? Yeah, jump in. I um, heard that if he it, he's like not doing so well, um, I heard speculation that Shani and uh, Lamorella are just going to uh, fake another injury and bury him somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm surprised you heard that. I usually I thought they keep that stuff pretty down low. <laughs> they kept it pretty yeah, well hidden yeah. with the other uh, guys that they sent to Robidoux Island. And uh, the, those yeah, KHL uh, guys are flighty though too. You never know when they're just going to bounce on you mid season <laughs> or something. And going back to the motherland, <laughs> Putin called me this morning. <laughs> that didn't sound Russian at all. Sorry no, guys. No. It was like in- East Indian or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know Detroit scores again. I noticed yeah. that, but but Ottawa also got the uh, another tally, so there's Detroit up by one. Yeah, I, you know what? Sure. But I'm not even. It's one. It's one of those things that's just sort of icing on the cake. If, if Toronto wins their games, it doesn't matter what happens. Um, let's move along, though. Um, what do you want to get to here? Uh, do you want to keep going with the Leafs here, or not, or do you want to talk about? Uh, I guess well, let's get into the playoffs a little bit. Let's do the playoff race. Yeah. Yeah, and after that, I do want to get into your speculation for the trophies because that's going to be pretty fun. Okay, so guys, uh, going into the playoffs here, obviously, 
I don't think anybody would put their money on Washington, as funny as that is. Uh, a hockey person wouldn't, maybe a casual observer or just somebody looking at the numbers would. Um, so the question is, guys, who's the scariest playoff team? Let's go east and west. It's probably obvious in, in the west, I think. But um, uh, let's take your guys' take. Uh, let's start with Murray. Murray, um, who's the scariest playoff team in the east and west and why? I, I actually think it's Washington. Pitt, Pittsburgh's right there, but I think it's Washington in the east and Chicago in the west. Um, I, I say that, and I, I kick myself by for saying that, because every year there's some team that sort of comes out of nowhere, and um, everybody hates it. Well, not hates it, but except for the guys that picked them in pools, but... Um, Murray, I'm yeah. I'm a I'm a girl who's had my heart broken by Washington too many times. Tell me why I should trust the Washington Capitals this year? Because it seems like this is this is what they're they've been doing. They've just been dominating the regular season, and anybody who's anybody, even if I I, I know what you're saying, it, it it makes sense to take them. But I can't That's think of bullshit, man. You never liked Washington. You, my, you love Crosby. I'm, it's a hypothetical. It's a hypothetical. <laughs> Pay attention. Pay attention. The point is, Murray, explain to me why, as a as a Washington fan, I should believe this team as opposed to what they've done years past, which is the exact same thing, only to shit the bed in the playoffs. What's different this year? Um, I, I, Ovi's saving himself for the playoffs this year. He's not having a spectacular regular season. He's saving himself for the stretch drive. Um, they just got Shattenkirk, who has been playing pretty well there. Uh, best goalie, well, not the best goalie in the world, but one of uh, top three, top four best goalies in the world. Um, they're they're a solid team. Um, yeah, uh, Pittsburgh is banged up. Malkin is not still not playing. For the record, he, like I said before, screws you every year in the fantasy playoffs. So bitter, so bitter. <laughs> oh, it is. It just it. Best part is I traded him for Carey Price in another pool. Played that guy in the finals and just. Just one, so no Mur- big deal. Just Murray, like, that didn't even that. need to be brought up one time on this podcast, let alone twice, dude. <laughs> That's how deep it hurts. That's the third Stop time. Stop picking him if you get burned once. Well, it's a keeper pool. You can't just let him go. That's a fair point. You should trade him. Uh, Jerry, let's go to you. Um... <laughs> we don't like your answer. No. Jerry, what do you have to say? No. Murray, Murray's, Murray really didn't, because this is my point. This is what I don't understand, Murray. This is the, the what I... They've always had, or they haven't always had, but they had Holby last year, and and Ovechkin doesn't seem like he's playing any better or worse than last year. So I just don't see it. I I, I believe that Washington is an exceptional team. I just don't know how, if I can trust them in the playoffs. Jury, what's your? So, what's, sorry, go ahead, Murray. Do you want to finish? So, like this may just be totally homerisms here, but say Ottawa squeaks in in the number two or number three, and Toronto gets in at number two or number three. It's Toronto, Ottawa. And Ottawa is absolutely decimated with injuries right now. and They're limping their way to the, the finish line here. So if Toronto plays Ottawa, they could realistically beat them. And even if Ottawa was healthy, um, they'd put up a good fight. So let's say Toronto plays Ottawa and they beat them. Do they then get Montreal round two if Montreal wins? Is it guaranteed? That's a jury question. I think so because so, they try to keep it like in division. Right. Yeah, that's something like that. They've gone bracketology now. Like Yeah. Yeah. But so say Toronto plays Montreal, like do they stand a chance against Montreal? Absolutely. I, absolutely. So 100%. Toronto could Toronto in a way be your Cinderella story that 
goes deep. I don't think they'll win it by any means. You but- know, Murray, I know what you're alluding to here, and the funny thing is, no matter what anybody says, this is if, if anybody heard us and they didn't know a thing about hockey, they'd say we're just being homers. But I know what you're getting to here, and you're absolutely right. This they they are primed for a. Detroit, excuse me, a Carolina, Edmonton, to circa two thousand and six. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the, all the ingredients Toronto's are there. Healthy. Yeah, they're healthy. They're playing, they're playing their best hockey of the year. Exceptionally well. Yeah, like you're not even worried anymore. It's four one tonight, and you're like, yeah, no, I expect them to win, and they win. You know, they screwed up I'm in a Buffalo worried. a week ago, but tonight you're worried. <laughs> I'm always worried with these guys. <laughs> Um, you're worried when Gardner has the puck. It's, it's PTSD, man. You can't just shake that kind of trauma that quickly. Let's stay. Let's stay. <laughs> let's stay focused here because I want to get Jury's uh, Jury's take on this uh, the same way. Jury, um, the question was initially. I, and to be honest with you, Murray, you don't. We're not even going to talk about the West because I don't. I don't know if anybody's going to even challenge you on that. I certainly won't. Um, jury, scariest playoff team. I'm going to say you're going to say Chicago in the West, and if you're not, then you're not invited back on the show. And who is oh. it in the East? I don't think you're going to like either of my answers, then. Okay. In the East, it's uh, I'm with Murray. It's Washington. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have I, <laughs> <laughs> I can um, help support the Washington argument because they're going to finish first in the Metro, and Pittsburgh and Columbus are going to beat the living shit out of each other, and Washington will have one of. Boston, Ottawa, Toronto, Tampa, and I think they'll have an easier second-round matchup because whoever comes out of Pittsburgh, Columbus, is going to be hurting. So I think that their their road might be a little easier. And and I agree with Murray with with the roster. And yeah, they've they've been there before and they haven't done it before. But how many people last year, after picking San Jose for five years, said nope, not doing it, and then they did it. They're still a good team. It's it's going to happen for them eventually, and I think that this year is the year for them to get to the finals at least. It's fair. I, I'm not going to hate on Washington. I'll let you handle that one, Tom. If you want, if you want to go at them uh, after, <laughs> uh, my, just playing devil's advocate. Man. It, that's fair. My my answer to this question uh, is outside of Chicago and Pittsburgh. To me, I'm not really worried. And you know what? I'll proudly be the homer. I don't give a shit if you want to label me with that. I think the Leafs can go toe to toe with any team outside of Chicago and Pittsburgh. Uh, no problem. No problem at all. I think to, Mon- to the Montreal question, no issue. Ottawa. The Leafs are the favorites to me. I don't even give a shit. Bring those three D back. Bring Carlson back. The Leafs are still the favorite to me. Ottawa has uh, played has been um, what's the word hitting way above their weight for quite some time, and and Craig Anderson has returned to the goalie he's always been, and that has cl- kind of uh, exposed Ottawa a little bit, I think here. Um, but anyway, I think the Leafs can go toe in the East toe to toe with anybody other than Pittsburgh. I'm not that worried about Washington. Um, maybe it is that that piece of expecting them to fail, but I really don't think it is. Um, they're 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 a very solid team, and I guess I can understand that that laying the beat down the Pittsburgh uh, Columbus thing. Um, but I think that that Washington has just clearly shown over the years, and, and Ovi, I mean, your leadership core hasn't really changed for them. Um, you know, other than a, a fourth liner here or there, the leadership core is the same, and they've just kind of shown that when push comes to shove, they they can't do it. And well, I, I don't know. I guess conversation with San Jose. Yeah, I guess so, but like, I don't know that you can use that as a justification um, because it's not the same team. I guess I don't know. I guess I'm copping out by saying that, but I'm, I'm not. I'm just not as worried about them as as I would yeah. be about a Pittsburgh or something like a seasoned team that it consistently 
does well even when they're not expected to in the I, playoffs. I just want to qualify what I said earlier about because I'm being serious about Washington and the fact that I don't think that they're going to shit the bed. It's just that they have recently and not even shit the bed. They just they were they underdelivered in the playoffs. And I guess what I'm saying is because they've done that, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again. But because they've had the seasons that they've had for the past two years, I don't think I'd be surprised if they went to the finals and possibly even won it too. So I'm just saying for them, they're they're just a wild card. I don't know what to expect of Washington. I wouldn't be surprised if they had success. But again, they've they've showed that they haven't in recent years. So anyway, I don't want to stick with that too much. Um, do you guys have anything other take on uh, on um, potential playoff? Uh favorites or do you want to move a we're going to do trophy candidates here predictions i think uh, i didn't give my west pick okay you, yeah that's right because it wasn't going to be chicago right it's going to be like yeah, nashville or somebody no that's crazy okay um, who, who you got but i got a feeling about edmonton really man i thought you were going to say minnesota and totally support my Devin dubnik being the best goalie in the world nah. argument no okay I never oh liked fuck minnesota. <laughs> Jerry, sure, you missed a heated debate about 45 minutes about Devin Dubnik. <laughs> oh, yeah, on that one <laughs> podcast, yeah. Jerry was oh, soaking man. up the Tampa Bay sun, and it was icy cold up here, man. <laughs> Bringing Knott and Murray going back and forth. Um, Jerry, um, yeah, you're wet. Your West team, you, you were saying uh, Edmonton. Do you think – I don't disagree that they're going to make some noise. I don't think they're going to go quietly in the first round, but do you think they can legitimately come out of the West? Yeah, like, and obviously their defense might, they're, they're very leafish, right? Like, they, you look at their defense core and it's like, yeah, you know, they got some offensive pieces. But they don't have that big shutdown defenseman. But I've, I've always thought that Pittsburgh is like that, too. And, and you can point to Latang, but he's not your shutdown Chris Pronger esque player. And, and with, obviously, McDavid is just ridiculous. Too good. Yeah, like, and, and, you know, you're going to get Kessel, who's, or Kessler, who's going to try and <laughs> shut him down, but good luck. And then you're going to have think... Maroon and Lucic punching you in the face, too, if you're Kessler and you're trying to piss off McDavid. Anaheim tried to shut uh, McDavid down on the weekend, and he came through with three points. Yeah, how'd that go, right? Like, he's, he's just, he's too good. I heard Noodle say today that uh, watching McDavid, especially on Saturday night, um, which I totally agree with, it looked like he was playing beer league uh, with the rest <laughs> of the guys on the ice. I think that's the perfect way to word it in most of the games I've seen. Um, he's just so leap, and I love Austin Matthews, but it's not even a comparison, right? You're not watching the same sport if you think that anybody is in the same category as Connor McDavid right now. Mm-hmm. And having said that, yeah, I could see that 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 happened for Edmonton. I would like to see them do well too. It's one of those weird things where, you know what, a, a Leafs uh Oilers uh Stanley Cup final would not really, you know, I wouldn't be like I would have no anger towards Edmonton for their six like I feel like Edmonton and Toronto share a little you would a after little six sum-sum. games, man. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you would after four games. All right, let's move along here. Um okay guys, we're gonna do a few uh um trophy predictions and then we're going to call it a show because we are a bit longer than we want to be but uh let's not spend too long on each trophy let's start we already did the calder it's first on our list here but i think we all agree um i and especially what you guys said uh, earlier i think it's been it's been a runaway so let's just call us uh four votes for matthews and let's move on here the other thing we touched on was the heart so um heart trophy for the league um i think honestly there aren't too many options but let's talk about the two guys that are probably on the list um Murray, Jerry, do you guys want to start and chime in? McDavid. McDavid. Yeah. McDavid. Yeah, okay, that was easy. 
The uh, only argument, you could make an argument for Crosby, right? If we want to keep this actually about chatter. I mean, he's had a, an absolutely ridiculous year. Um, so is there something to the fact that, that um, do you guys think anyway, that he'll get a lot of votes just based on his, his pedigree and his background? Yeah, I think Crosby will, will be up there and get some votes. But And I think Kane will as well. He's kind of had, you know, like he's top three scoring, I think. Like he's done that very quietly, and Chicago has started to run away with the West. So I think Kane will also get some votes in there as well, but it's got to be McDavid that wins it. Brad Marshall probably get a few votes too. Just yeah. if you, the definition is most valuable what, to their team or something. So somebody along the line will give them a few votes, but it's, it's McDavid hands down. Yeah, I was I always sort of sort of thought that you know the uh, the heart candidate or the heart winner should be on maybe not the best team because a good player on a good team probably isn't as valuable to his team as a good player on a bad team, right? Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like for example, the Leafs don't get into the playoffs without Matthews. I think Chicago still gets into the playoffs without Patrick Kane because they've got such a good supporting cast there and they're already such a good team. Although he is obviously a cornerstone of the team. Did we did we get both? Did you guys both? Yeah, everybody said McDavid, right? Okay, let's move along because that one was sort of not really controversial. Um, Jack Adams. Um, this one could, yeah, this one could definitely uh, stir the pot. Uh, Murray, Jerry, you guys want to chime in here? Uh, Jack Adams, what, who do you think? Let's try not to be too much homers here because I know that it'd probably be easy to make a case for Babcock, but uh, one or two uh, options, or what do you guys think? Um, it's hard not to give it to Babcock in a sense. But uh, if you had to, if you had to pick somebody else, um, I don't even know who it is. But who, whoever's coaching in Calgary this year, I lost track of names out there. Yeah, what's the guy with the slick hair? What's his name? Uh, not fire that up on Burke? the Google machine. Brian Burke. Glenn Galutzen. Galutzen. Glenn. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, the guy with the nice hair. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's not a bad. Uh, that's not a bad point, Murray. Um, I did hear. I heard a couple of points. Um, obviously, Babcock locally is is generating some buzz. Jury, have you heard any other names, or what's your take? You got any? Uh... The Fawns. There you go. Barilla? There you go. I, I was thinking. I'd... Doesn't it? Doesn't it come down to Torts versus Babcock? No offense to your pick with with Calgary there, but when you when you look for, I'll be again, I'll be proudly the homer, and I, I don't really care. But what Babcock was able to do with that team coming from from dead last, all the all the way up, I mean, it, it's insane. But Torts, you got to give it to him. I don't think anybody expected Torts to make it to 2017, let alone to uh, to where he has now. So I do think it it must come down to those two in the end, doesn't it? No, it, it, you know what? The thing is, um, I remember a day when the Jack Adams usually went to one of the the top, top teams in the league. Um, so, you know, the fact that we're not even mentioning Trots or Quenville is funny to me, but it does seem like there has been a shift now where it's not necessarily, um, you know, the best team in the league in terms of the coach getting that, um, but more so now the team that's had the biggest turnaround, especially under a new coach. Um, you know, that's, a, there's no, there's no better example. I think this year of what a coaching change can do for a team than, uh, <clears throat> for the negative impact, uh, than Colorado, in my opinion, not to pump, um, Patrick was so much, but, uh, just to show what, uh, what one personnel move can do. Um, okay. Moving along here, guys, maybe this one's sort of, this one could go all night, probably Vesna. Um, anybody want to take a stab at that one? Let's not start with not because he'll go straight to uh, the Dubnik. <laughs> the Duber. <laughs> although he, although he is a he is a worthy candidate. 
Um, well, the usual suspects, right? I mean, um, Price, Holtby, um, Talbot probably worked his way into the conversation, at least out of respect. Probably um, Bobrovsky. Probably Bobrovsky, obviously, yep. I should say. Yeah. Uh, Matt Murray, Bobrovsky. even arguably, I would say. Um, does anybody else? What do you guys think about that? Any any obvious? I don't think this one's obvious, to be honest with you. I think it's it's uh, this this one's a tough call for me, but I might lean Columbus and Bobrovsky with it. Yeah, it's not a bad option. I tend it's to I tend of, to agree with Jury myself to uh, um, Bobrovsky. I, I mean, I don't know if you attribute it to uh, to Torts or not, but Bobrovsky seems to do this right. Just one of the best goaltenders in the league, and then he just kind of fizzles out for a little while and then returns. And uh, this has been one of his best goaltenders in uh, in the league years. And um, yeah, I think I, I tend towards Bobrovsky myself too. Sorry, Murray, what were you saying? I was going to say if it wasn't it. Like Edmonton sort of has the uh, Matthews Anderson, the uh, McDavid Talbot thing going on. Um, you know, if it wasn't so much the McDavid show, you could make a better argument for Talbot. But uh, he'll he'll get swallowed up in competing against these other guys, and yeah, a handful of guys deserve it: Price, Holtby, um, Bobrovsky, Talbot, um, Tukurask, in a sense, potentially. I don't know. I don't know if I totally agree with that, but. Um, yeah, it'd be one of those guys. Yeah, this, well, <clears throat> if anything, what we can say is that it's it's nice because it's one's wide open. I don't think I don't think anybody's gonna call it a slam dunk this year. Um, all right, guys, we wanted to keep it a short show, but we found lots to talk about, so we're gonna call it uh, a show right here. And thanks again. Um, we were this actually solves a problem for us because last show, Jerry, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we uh, decided that we might have to bump you down the queue because Murray was being so loyal to us. I was doing a conditioning stint in the minors. Is that what it was? Yeah, you're soaking <laughs> yeah. up soaking up the sun. You know what? It's, this just proves that Jerry wasn't even listening to the podcast while he was <laughs> off duty. So you got you got chirped pretty hard last week. <laughs> well, not last week. We took a week off, but yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah, what That's why you... I didn't want to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What have you done I for figured, us lately? I figured Jerry? the week that I missed to coach girls volleyball, I probably took a beating that week. <laughs> Actually, I think we were easy on you that week. You <laughs> should be careful how you word that, that, that there, might, Jerry. I figured that was worse than curling. <laughs> Fuck. I think this is a great place to call it a show, personally. Now that we know the reason why he didn't uh, show them, yeah, he's going to get lit up. All right, guys, we're going to cut it off here. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we'll, we'll probably touch base with uh, at, least, at least one of you, depending on which one we feel like calling next week. Maybe both of them, if it, if it comes Ooh. down to that. But, uh, yeah, thanks again. Uh, Murray, Jerry, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll catch up with you guys later. Later, guys. Yeah, see you guys. All right, well, uh, what are your thoughts on the new format there, Tommy? We we, we were way longer than we said. We were typical, right? But every time. Every time. And we, what did I say? We were going to be take it to 30 minutes? Well, we're, we're on the phone for an hour. You know what? When, you, when you're insiders like we are, it's hard to stop. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. just hot takes left, right, and center. Tell me about it. Story <laughs> of my life. Yeah. Uh, to update the, the listeners who won't be hearing this until well after this game is over... Uh, I guess Buffalo just made it kind of interesting, yeah? Uh, no. <laughs> no, no. It's... I'm just trying to make them feel better, the Sabres fans. No, no, it's over. Especially... you know they're rattled. Yeah, well, yeah, wouldn't you be? When you felt that close to McDavid and then boom? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, heartache and, forever. And you know what? Fuck the Sabres, though, yeah, man. And no em. offense to their fans. but Yeah, no offense, it... to, offense to their fans. Fuck them. Okay, em. yeah, fuck them. Yeah. yeah, what do I but, care? But, like, 
Buffalo is such shit most nights. And then they play Toronto, you know, the first period notwithstanding. Sorry, I shouldn't even say the first 10 minutes of the first period notwithstanding. They play against the Leafs and they turn into like a, a Stanley Cup favorite every game. It's so it's such a piss off. That happens with a lot of teams with the Leafs, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the that's the uh, that's the storyline. That's the narrative. So it's gonna feel that much better when they hoist that cup. Fuck huh? yeah, bud. Oh. And guess what? It's gonna happen. Oh, it is. I know. I can feel it. All right, let's uh, let's call it a wrap. This is way longer than we wanted to be, but it's good. I think we needed to uh, get a full show under our belt after our break. Yeah, get the, the rust dusted off a little bit. Wait, do you dust off? I guess you don't. You remove rust, right? You remove it, but then you would dust off the excess. There you go. Thank so you. We'll do that. I gave it to me. We already Appreciate we already that. worked it off. Let's dust <laughs> off the rest, and then away we go. Yeah. Like we didn't even miss a beat. All right, so yeah, we're gonna have a lot to talk to. Obviously, then uh, talk to talk about. I should say in the next uh, few weeks with the playoff uh, playoffs around the corner, man. It's and it yeah with this win tonight it. it it pretty well propels them into at the very least a playoff spot where they're going to fall within that we'll see but i'm happy with that <laughs> it is i don't I don't know if it's a hundred percent but just when you look at the it's one of those situations where when you have like tampa is playing boston tomorrow for example so you can't get have both of those teams have get two points on on, on those games so um yeah again a uh, good situation for us and uh we're going to see if they can push it into the playoffs and keep winning at the pace they're winning because that would be a, that's a good time to start winning. This is a great time to be flying as high as they are. And uh, and, and you just hope you got to knock on wood for this. Um, <laughs> the few injuries they've had have been one of the bigger helpers for the Leafs that doesn't get talked about, about too much. Um, so you just hope they can keep the the uh, healthy nature they've had. I'm going to cr- credit it to good training, which won't end anytime soon. Therefore, so. we're looking good and not anything to do with luck. No, no luck at no, all. No, injuries have nothing no. to do with luck. No, not at all. Uh, real quick then, everyone, uh, you can find us on uh, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, um, on your usual podcasting avenues. Feel free to uh, give us a shout on Twitter uh, anytime you want with questions, ideas, topic ideas, and so on. Um, you can also uh, email us at lsbpodcast at gmail.com if you're over 50. And uh, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be happy to, to take in that email and consider consider your ideas. Okay, thanks again, guys, for listening. And uh, again, uh, please check us out on iTunes and rate, subscribe, review. We appreciate negative and positive, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks for listening to the Long Suffering Buds podcast. Connect with the Buds on Twitter at, at AdamLSB and at LSB Tom. See you next week.